Okay, we're up to Perak Aleph, Pasiches. The Yehuda had their decisive victory with the help of Shimon, according to Wamshat. And they had finally captured Adeni Bezek, who under his jurisdiction were 70 other Malachim who he had tortured and made sure that they knew their place. And as we mentioned in Rashi, he didn't even make the grade for the original list of kings in Yeshua. And he was that powerful, Kalvachemit to the other ones. He had done some sort of tshuva on his madrega, and he admitted that he saw the Midah connected Midah, and he saw the Yad Hashem. Let's go back uh, for a moment to Pasuk Zion. And that's a big step. The reason why Midah exists in the Bria as the form of Einish is to have people recognize that there's a system and that ultimately nobody gets away with anything. <coughs> he says, Beferish, Kasher Asisi, Kain Shilim Lakim. And because of that, I'm a first one point out, they brought him to Yushalayim. Normally, he has to be executed, and he should have been. Certainly, his past wishes and the fact that he was extremely slippery. Yet, they disabled him. Part of the reason why they were Makatsis behind his Yad of Ragnar, he couldn't run. But they let him live, they brought him to Shalayim, and he dies naturally. And the first one point out that was due to his schus uh, of admitting the Midi Kenegad Mida and the Kiddush Hashem Shabbai. And the last Rashi, where we left off as the segue to Pasiches, with you Yushalayim Shahochem Isham Lilochem Al Yushalayim. There's a big Mavucha in the Mafershim over here. Why are they going to conquer Yushalayim? If you look in Yeshua, Yushalayim was already conquered. So there are a few Mahalchim, <coughs> two of which we'll keep in mind, Mahalchim is the and other Mepharshim. Is this sort of like a flashback where giving the history, once we're discussing battles, we're giving an overview of all the battles that had to be fought, some of them being fought now, some of them already concluded, but we're including it to now give you the overview, so to speak. Or... Was this a part of Yushalayim that was never conquered? Yushalayim is interesting in that way. We're going to see this a lot in the Psukim. Through Shaftim, through Shmuel Aleph and Bez, David Amalekh is found with Yoyev conquering the rest of Yushalayim. David Amalekh is found buying the rest of Yushalayim, like, not stopping the rest of Yushalayim, like Harabayas. So not all of it was conquered. And some of Hashem suggest that Large parts were conquered and some were not. We'll get to in a few moments why that would be. And now they're going to do the rest because much of Yushalayim falls in the dominion of Yehuda, what's supposed to be the dominion of Yehuda. Some of it's in Benyamin. And the third Malach is that they conquered it and there was pushback and they fought back and regained control. And now they had to reconquer it, which happens not infrequently in battle. And now they're going to do just that. So keep in mind these various 
Pshatim or Havaminas, as we see the Psukim. Yushalayim is obviously a prize that is not easily won and not easily controlled, as we see Pazman Hazah. They've been fighting over it for a long, long time. Let's go to Pasiches with that reintroduction. Ve'yelachamu b'nei Yehudi b'yushalayim ve'yokadu o'isa ve'yakua l'fi chara ve'seir shochu va'esh. That's not very common in the result of a battle, that after they won, they burnt the city down. This is Yushalayim. They're not going to do that very often. First of all, it's, it's, if you don't have to, it's a waste. And over here, the Mepharshim that say that they conquered these parts, but they had to reconquer it because they regained control, they had to do something very definitive that nobody come and live here, nobody have a Havamina coming to live here, and therefore they burnt down the city. It didn't exist anymore. Yushalayim then was probably built of stone also. So to burn something down is not so easy, but they did it to the extent that they could to dissuade people from coming to live here. Keep in mind that they were promised, they're not going to conquer everything quickly because they don't have enough people to expand and either going to have wild animals or you're going to have the people coming back to resettle. Neither of which was good for anybody and they weren't ready to take up the whole Yushalayim. So right now they would rather it destroyed so they don't have to do this a third time according to these Mepharshim and therefore her ear shofu Yeah? Yeah. Let's uh, assume, what, what, what are you... Um, I'm thinking that if, if it doesn't find your shrine, then maybe the, the Havtaka that finds so that, that, uh, that, the, that the people will hide treasures in the houses, and that's why they didn't burn down any of the houses. But in your shrine, where if you say, especially if there's got to be... Uh, they weren't looking for anything. So yeah. why, why live in a place which already has you know, the, uh, the, the lack of that? Yushalayim, first of all, right, Yushalayim is a big place and we don't know exactly know where they were fighting here. And Yushalayim could mean the suburbs also. And we don't know what was left and what they're going back to conquer. And they weren't burning it down to find anything anyway. They were doing this, unfortunately. But, but, but why, why live in a structure that already has years of, 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 of a bizarre living kind of... It's an interesting uh, Shaila Bechlal because... There's no Isser to move into a house where there were people living and doing Averis. Matter of fact, that's the minute in America. Most, either you build it from scratch or you buy it off of a uh, Akum. And I say Akum, literally Akum. Uh, one guy here in the neighborhood said, uh, is it a problem? He noticed some stuff on the door. I had a funny thing, like it looked like something smeared on something. We discussed this in the Chukah Sam Shir. The windows that he had weren't a problem. That was a legend somebody made up retroactively to the thing of the door. Remember we discussed in the door that somebody claimed looked like a chassis veir. That, that wasn't the problem. But he mamish, the stuff he had shmir, the door was a problem. So they were actively doing it. It was not a chiddish. Um, is it a maila to have something that was saturated already with kadusha? And doesn't have these things associated avada, but by definition, the, what? Uh, 
they were all of the Avodah and the whole Eretz Yisrael Pusik says over and over again, you're going to take it over, and the reason they're being thrown out is because they're all of the Avodah involved in every single thing possible you can imagine, and that's why you can now conquer, and not before, because the level of Avodah wasn't filled up, and now it's filled up, and that's to be thrown out. So it's pretty clear. Everybody, Tachas, Kaletz, Ranon, there was a Getchka on every hill, and every under every tree. It was all over the place. So I don't think, I'm not denying that there's a Maila, Yeah, what? Right, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It says they, by nature, the conquest of Eretz Yisrael, the reason they lost it, they lost it for two reasons. It's ours, and they stole it in the first place. But even with that, Hashem waited, till it was filled up, their Averas were filled up to the top until they were thrown out. And you look at, I want to tell you, I was, I have a vivid memory of this. I must have been six, seven years old. I realized afterwards it's probably also to go on these tours, but it's still around today. The Israeli Museum is still around. Yeah. The Israeli Museum, and, and oh, it's still it's still there. Yeah. So I somebody uh, had tickets. I oh, I, I remember. <laughs> I went with, uh, believe it or not, Teddy Kolak. Uh, sent me tickets. Okay, it was a whole story. Not for uh, we weren't friends. Uh, if you remember who he was. <laughs> so, I, before, long before. It was a long time ago. Um, so I remember that, uh, yeah, we weren't uh, friendly or in the same political party at all. But uh, he was somebody had, you know, everything works for Patexia and why do something. I probably wouldn't have even gone had there not been a guided tour for free by one of the VIPs. I remember being there as a young child. It was scary. The entire section we were in was all very frightening-looking Avodazaras with all angry faces and all sorts of... They dug them up. It was like... I remember asking my father, like, why everything? And they had them under glass, like expensive stuff. And the whole place was filled with them. I said, where'd they get all these some? I thought maybe somebody, you know, drew them in class. And, you know, they said, no, no, they dug them up, like Tachas, Kolates, Ranon, and scary, scary. That made... I was destined to give another share later on, so I had to see that. It was... Uh, made a Grisham. These people were mamish, evil, crazy, and it's all they did. They had thousands of them, and they took the most interesting ones, I guess, put them on the glass. The halachic problem is, I realize that probably, well, Shadda, the Yisra Ba'ana, where they were vatal them beforehand, were not vatal them, you need a goitim vatal them, not Teddy Kolek, um, who was, after all the things he did, was still Jewish, I guess. Um, but it, it's, like, it's full of them. That's the whole, it was there, it was all about all the stuff they dig up every ten feet. It's bad news. It's bad news. If it wasn't for the uh, political uh, political connection of whatever Myla that brought, then this this tour wasn't one of them. Uh, but that's a different story, not for the film. My Mossad and CIA activities, I don't normally say Barabim, uh, but um, they started me at a young age. But Lamaisa, it was it was scary. I remember it was. You know, they had these things, and this is the museum. You're looking at all the Avodazaras of the... So there's an need to be misled, says Bavodazar, to make fun of it, and to realize how ridiculous it is. I just don't know in terms of the... I know the Chaznish has a, a shtickle on medical school when you're having Hanah from bodies. Can you have Hanah? You know, have Hanah from bodies if they're certainly... Certainly if they're Jewish, it's Machlaikas by Goyen, the Mishnah Melech with the mummies. They used to make money off of selling mummies to various museums across the world, speaking museums. And the Mishnah Melech, the whole shtickle is that, is that Hanah. Well, there you're trading them. You're buying them low, selling them high. You're making money. Chaznish says, but if you're just looking at a body and they have anatomy 101, 
you're not doing anything. You're not uh, using it. You're not. You're looking. Is looking hana? So that would be totally in the shaila. Assuming if they weren't mavatel them, you can assume their bottle because the whole civilization is gone. And they realize the avodas didn't help them. That's a different shulis. I think we discussed at night later. What? So if are you doing it to show how ridiculous the culture is and you're looking at it? I don't. They certainly didn't mean it like that. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what they think. They put it in a glass thing. What are they trying to show? The greatness of the culture. Or the uh, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, for their vantage point, they weren't doing that. From my vantage point, I just remember it was scary as a young child. Like that. they see things that each face was scarier than the next one. It looks like those Indian totem poles, which were the same type of vodazar. They used to bow down to these things, and each face is scary. You didn't see any of them smiling for some odd reason. Okay, there's Midas Adin, but the Midas Arachim, they didn't have Midas Arachim in there, uh, no, nothing's, nothing smiled. We spoke about yesterday in the Drosh about Amelus and working through Sugyas, and, uh, but the, the fun is that you work through it. You've got to smile somewhere. So it was uh, very, very strange to live, but it was full of it. So getting back to your question, the whole Eretz Yisrael was like that, and including Yushalayim. So you're saying they burnt it down because they wanted a perfect... Okay, could be, could be. It's not, that's not... Uh, there, there's a lot of depth to why... They, it's the only time you see this, by the way. This is a little jarring. It's not common operating uh, procedure. But they did it over here, so you're suggesting maybe they wanted to have a cleaner slate. But again, there is a big machlekes what was going on over here with the battle in the first place because they didn't even finish now. We see later on that Yayev... That was a long time after Shem. Had to go reconquer it. Part of the problem over here was that the Plishtim that had that treaty all the way from Abmavinu, Li, Lenini, Lenechdi, it's only three generations. I mentioned the grandson lived a long, long, somebody lived a long, long time. They were still there, and what were they doing in Yushalayim? And that treaty wasn't made in Yushalayim, and it has this tie in with Gaza. We're going to still see them coming back like a bad penny, but they're here so long that they can't, at least part of Yavusi, part, part of Yushalayim was not touchable uh, by virtue of the treaty, which we didn't want to violate. And then when Yoye finally went in, either it's because somebody died or they finally realized they violated it first and therefore we could violate it, which is subject to a whole different Shiloh. No, what Sadiq is, is pointing out correctly that when the museum puts it under a glass, and they have all sorts of alarm systems, and that they're being machshiv the. Because that was derech avadosabakach. What you're saying is the havamina. You can't use it as a latrine to show your disrespect because that's how they show respect. So you can't second guess. There's heshtachava, nisuch, and akrova that are nagat all of that you can't do. And then there's derech avadosabakach. That's exactly. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't, um, if there was bittel, then technically it wouldn't be a problem, but we shouldn't be idolizing these little things that they dug up and putting it under a glass case. Uh, museums in general don't necessarily have the proper hashkafa on everything. Uh, <laughs> that's an understatement. Uh, most of them are also to go to, and um, I was not amused by that trip, and as you see many years later, I still remember it. Again, which means they conquer whatever they were setting out to conquer, even though I'm mentioning that there were parts that they didn't touch. And they're all over the place in their area. 
This city, as we have seen already, this is also in Yeshua, and repeated over here with the same Achleikis, is this showing you what they did already, or is this a new battle? Did they take some of it back? Whatever the Pshad is, it was difficult to conquer. They had giants there. Shem Cheven Lefanim, Kiryas Arba, Vayaku Esheisha, Es Achiman, Ve'es Talmai. We're going to see more about that in a moment. Ve'elo Be'sham El Yeshve Dvir, V'shem Dvir Lefanim, Kiryas Sefer. Baruch Hashem. All these uh, cities have been rebuilt in a different place, most of it, with borrowed names. Kiryas Sefer is a great name for a city. We have a lot of younger light learning, and it's here now. Filled with tens of thousands of younger light, tremendous chus for Eretz Yisrael, uh, not in the same place. Uh, they have a called City Ah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Beautiful. We were able to lift and lift up these names, cut and paste, but not in the same place. In the Well, they're all holy. That's a. You just asked that only because. Uh, <laughs> Holy City is the Shaila where that came from, but okay, yeah, let's assume that they are, they are holy. It has Mazak Palin and it's holy. Shaila is the same level. We don't have any record of it. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, we do know that all the things lying around was so prevalent and pervasive that when Yaakov, Vinu, and Pesach Yishlach, after they finished their battles, everything they have to do, he has to stop and say, okay, everybody get rid of your Avodah Like, what's going on? The client saw it wasn't, this is a shift they cut. What are we doing? The answer is, when you just picked up things in the ground, everything was suspect. So he said, okay, let's do a search and destroy and get rid of everything. So it was, the reason they found this all over the place is because every few feet, there were all sorts of things that were buried or got buried by the civilizations as they were in the dustbin of history. And you had to like check your clothing, make sure you didn't pick up any pens that didn't belong to Zeus and uh, get rid of it. That's how bad it was. So, yes, they never missed an opportunity to uh, miss an opportunity in life. And uh, it was... Oh, we're going to get to that right now. We're gonna... So I'm saying, though, other people must have gone too, and the old Diabolizara must have I wonder if in the schus of the Avos and the Imos and other Marisha and Chava, I wonder if it wasn't a bit hidden. Like we know about the purchase because it's highlighted in the Parsha. They sold it and Ephron was singing all the way to the bank even though he goes down in history as a Russian a fool for trying to trick and swindle Abmavinu. But Lamaisi had some schus in selling it, but he didn't attach that much importance to it. Had he, probably wouldn't have sold it. Which is the discussion, why isn't it done? The answer is there's a value over here, tremendous value that he would never recognize, not now, not later. And that's not on We're on the Sogibana and the Pelliers. That's not on because its value was in the Ruchnias. So I don't know, you're presupposing that they recognize afterwards the greatness over here. Maybe, yeah, maybe not, but we don't have any uh, record of it. Yeah, yeah, they always, uh, that's popular now. I always uh, notice uh, for some odd very bizarre reason, the whole world is unfortunately pretty anti-Semitic, and yet the whole world always claims that they're Jewish. Everybody's, everybody wants to be Jewish. We're from B'nai Kedem, we're from B'nai here, and B'nai here, and they're all, uh, everybody's laying claim to uh, Judaism, uh, but doesn't seem to help us with the facts on the ground. That's as old as the uh, 
Christians when they originally claimed that they were Jewish, many of them were, but they turned around and had an axe to grind. So, Hebron and the suburbs around it were particularly difficult to capture. And now the Pusik tells us what happened during that battle. Uh, let's pick, according to the Mepharshim, that this is happening now, that there were parts that they couldn't conquer, there were parts they were conquered already, they were reconquered, and Kalev now has to do it. And Kalev uh, needs help, wants help. And Pusik Yedbeis, Vayemer Kalev, Asher Yake Sefer Uli it was very common in battle that they used to offer rewards, incentives for people to come who were courageous enough, who had schusim, which is going to be very important over here, to get involved and want to take up the fight and promise them various rewards. You see this by Shaul and David. Shaul promised wealth, money, often a position as an officer in the army, and often if the battle was difficult enough and the prize had to be raised in terms of the incentive Shabbat, he would offer his daughter. And if you're the king, that's the princess. And if you're the Gadladar, that's the daughter of the Gadladar. And in this case, Kalev was, as in Kalev and Yoshua, so and he offers his daughter as the prize for anybody who conquers this, this area. I don't want to say the city, was a Shiloh, was this actual Hevron, or was this leftover from part of Hevron, or the suburbs, calling it Kiryas Sefer. Achsa, no doubt, a tremendous Sadekis, and we know she is, but she has the schus to marry, she will in a few seconds, to marry Asniel ben Kanaz. Asniel ben Kanaz is the up and coming, he will be the Nasi. Matter of fact, he will be. Uh, the first Shafit, the Nasi already, or he becomes the Nasi of Shafit Yehuda, will become the Shafit of Klai Yisrael, the first Shafit in the list, as a matter of fact, after Yeshua. And uh, he is known to us already as the Rosh Hashiva in Yeshiva Tanegev, I guess, if you call it. <laughs> Just as he opened up Yeshiva Tanegev. But then he went with tremendous mysterious nefesh to go learn the desert. Then going to learn the desert was without an air-conditioned egg bus taking you there, and there was nothing there when you got there. It was mamish going to the bundaks to sacrifice all your gashmias for the ruchmias. And Asnil Bakanaz lived there also. So we're talking about a man who's Kulotera, who brings back with his lumdus all the thousands of alochas that were forgotten during Yemei Evo Moshe, and nobody else, not Yeshua, not Kalev, nobody else is able to bring it back. And he brings it back, again, prior to yesterday, of the Kalvachimer, the working through, sweating through the Kalvachimer and the Libuna Shel Halacha, and it's all Asniel. So when he comes and he's able to fight this battle, not only was he courageous, but the Schus and his Kayach is going to win this battle, and Kalev is very, very happy and proud as the proud Shver that he's the one who stepped forward. Not surprised, and we'll get into that soon. You'll see why I'm mentioning that. Pasigid Gimel, ben Kanaz, Achi Kalev Mimenu. They're very related. The Gemara says, in times of yesteryear, Abida Chassid already in his list of people you shouldn't marry. Uh, the niece is on the list, and that's another Abida's whole tshuva, that he only meant it for his descendants, because he can't argue with the Gemara. Even if you're Rabbi Dachas, especially if you're Rabbi Dachas, it wouldn't be arguing with the Gemara. And the Gemara says a mitzvah to marry Yenis already. There's built-in shalom bias 
or at least you know what you're up against when it's family, and uh, that's a mitzvah, and it's a chesed for your, for your brother. And Lamaisa, we don't do it today because it's not genetically healthy, and most of the say the pshat was that then, you can either say in Teva, you can say it wasn't that healthy then either, but Shemar Mitzvah, and they did it L'Shem Shemayim, and therefore it was safe because they had the protection of the mitzvah. Whatever the case may be, this is going to be happening right now, and he's going to win this battle very decisively, and Bizeicha to marry her, she's going to marry him, and we're going to see one of the most fascinating uh, discussions. It wasn't a dispute, but um, what's going to come up afterwards with the uh, Dini Mominus? Yes? Why is it this case, and also really the case of Shaul and Dabak, why, why are they not listed as by the Moraz, where somebody says that they could have been that maybe a monster? Right, so we're going to, it's right here in the photocopies, and we will get to it uh, hopefully promptly next week. I'm not going to get to it now, but uh, Tesis asked that kasha, and we will get to it. it. What you're asking is, it's kind of risky, because you could open it up, and whoever can come conquer this, and who knows, he might be a good warrior, who knows how to handle a gun, a few grenades, and who knows what the yichus is. Isn't that risky? And the Gemara asks it, but it doesn't ask it on Asniel and Kalev, and Tesis wants to know why. So we will, Amit Hashem, get to that. I'm trying to build up toward that. You see that he knew who Asniel was, and I'm sure that he had a suspicion that Asniel would volunteer, and Asniel had tremendous chusim already, and so did he, and he was banking on that. And that's going to be part of the answer, at least one of the answers of Tesis. So it works. Baruch Hashem, he did it. And they get married, Bishot of Maslachas, and the rest of Hebron and the area around it is conquered. The request that Achsa is going to have, and it says that Achsa, Chazal tell us, is Lushan Kas. Anybody who saw her were angry at their spouse, angry at their wife. So there are two ways to learn that. She has such yefi that it caused kina, or Taisa says she was such a tzanua, they got angry if that wasn't being done at home. She was such a heligat tzadekis. Interesting name, Achsa. You would think that that name would be changed. Whatever it is, is causing somebody else's uh, Shalabayas to be a state. But no, that's why I never took off. Yeah, I, that part doesn't surprise me. Uh, but just, just the fact that Chazal Dashin, this is, according to Tesis shot, this is to her credit. And Chazal didn't see a problem that there was perhaps some collateral damage. They didn't look at that as collateral damage. They looked at that as a Mila. If somebody cannot say from, if somebody gets angry, why aren't you doing that? And it's a good thing to do. So don't get angry, jealous. Do it. So that wasn't considered a chisarim. So she is a, um, a young lady of tremendous stature, and the reason I say that is you have to understand the context of the next two psukim, which we're going to get to next week, because I want to get to the peliyates. So, Mr. Shem, we will continue with that if you take a peliyates here in the front. So we're talking about which the purchase of Maras Malpelo was not, for the various reasons we just mentioned. We began yesterday, Ono, not from a transactional point of view, not Ono in money, not overcharging, not giving faulty produce or a defective product. We're talking about Ono, which is even worse. As we began discussing yesterday at the end of the shear, uh, one of the Questions after the drasha. For those of you who weren't here, it's recorded and will be 
available sometime uh, today, whenever uh, I get it online. But uh, the, it was given over last night, the expanded version. But the Pella with the Zaya Kaddish that we quoted, the Chaimer Lovena meant Kava Chaimer and Libuna Shalalacha, that you could be Yetzi, the Shibud, and Yetzi, the Tsar, through your sweating and working, through your learning and your mitzvahs and your Vedas Hashem. So somebody asked, is that possible? How could it be that uh, the emotional pressure is going to be a trade-off for physical pain? So the answer is you have to think about this. The answer is not only is it a trade-off, it could be worse. Who says the assumption in the question is physical pain is going to be worse? That's not true at all. That's not true. We're about to see right now. Anoz Devarim is worse than losing money sometimes and worse than physical pain. Sticks and stones can break my bones. Name shall never harm me. It's completely not correct. Don't tell that to your mother. I'll try to convince you of that when you came home crying one day from school. Uh, it's a nice thing to try to say to um, ignore them, but it doesn't always work. And emotional pain is very real. Can be very real. You have to try to work on yourself that you don't let everything bother you. And if you succeed in doing that, that can be easier to deal with the physical pain. But you got to work on yourself to be able to have that uh, bichal, so to speak. And a person, the famous chazal, a gadol mitzvah So what does that mean? Why should you get more more schar? Taisus has to explain it. Why should you get more schar if you're mitzvah than any mitzvah If you're any mitzvah you're volunteering. Shouldn't you get more schar? You weren't even chayiv and you're volunteering. Isn't that gavaldic? Shouldn't you get more schar? So Taisus says that everybody knows what Taisus says, but I'm going to explain it because in this context, it's very important. Taisa says that when you're Metzuvah it's harder because as soon as you're Metzuvah you have a chiv to do it and Yetzirah Sahara starts telling you not to and you have to fight with Yetzirah Sahara and you get more schar because there's more pushback. If you don't have to do it, so you do it. You don't do it. There's no struggle in your system. What that means, that's a basic Yisrael Novedis Hashem. What that means is you have to approach all of Novedis Hashem as you're an Evid. This is, again, not a very American concept because America is all about, don't tell me what to do, I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want. You're an Evid, and Evid means you're Meshubit 24-7. That means you've got to always be thinking, what can I do now in my Avedis Hashem? How can I raise the bar? And what does Hashem want from me this minute? So it's not just tired mitzvahs. I have to, it's an obstacle course. I have to try to avoid whatever I can avoid, and whatever I bump into, um, if I'm from, I've got to do mitzvahs. That's not the correct approach to Avedis Hashem. That's an understatement. Our job is to look for opportunities to be Eved Hashem every moment. And every moment, every time you wake up and you're breathing, you have an opportunity for Eved Hashem. So a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. They say, why can't I just do Eved Hashem all daven? And the rest of the day, I'm on my own. I don't like that. They should be. I'm going to work. You're going to work. And you have Hilchus Ribbis. You've got to make a Kiddush Hashem. And you've got to watch your mouth. And you got that all day in Eved Hashem. That's the beauty of Yiddishkeit. That brings Simcha ultimately. It's not easy, but it adds, adds pressure. And you have to deal with it, and you have to grow, and ultimately that brings the only real simcha sachayim and the real happiness, and there are ups and downs. Okay? But mitzvah means that you hold your meshubit, you're an evid. And any mitzvah looks at it as, I'm a volunteer, I do something, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, I volunteer. So there's no pressure, because you don't have to do it. That's not avdus. Yavad Hashem means that you're Meshubid and you have to always look. You have a free moment. You've got to look, what can I do for the other? What's the difference between a butler? I'm sure to go home, you'll check it out when you go home for breakfast. Ask the butler, does he feel like he has to 
Sir, breakfast says, yeah, sir, I'm, I'm serving breakfast now. What are you doing after breakfast? Oh, Sunday's my golf day. Now, you got to relax once in a while also. And that's part of Avedis Hashem. That's fine, to the extent uh, that you got to keep, keep the balance. But if he holds that I'm only paid by the hour, got to serve breakfast Sunday morning, but the rest of the day I'm off, and you, that's not Avdus. I'm not saying you should fire the guy when you get home, um, but there's a notion that uh, I don't do windows, I don't do this, I don't do that. So fine. So in America, that's good for us. There is no Avdus. They abolished it, and for the functioning society at this point in time, history is probably better, but that doesn't help our Avedis Hashem in terms of the notion. And the pressure somebody has to feel in a positive way that he's Meshubit and he's got to look for ways to perform better is foreign to many people. And they look at, no, I have certain misses. I check off the box and I'm answering. I'm finished. That's not Tabir Hashem. That's once in a while you get schar, but that's you pick and choose, so then you don't feel the pressure. That's the Enemitsuvaisa. That's the taste of means. So that's critical yesoid, which some people are uncomfortable with. They think, oh, I'm not going to be happy, too much pressure. No, you're going to be more happy. And people are willing to take on pressures at the office to make a lot of money. And the more money, the more pressure will take on. So they realize for money, it's kadai. Well, for Avedis Hashem and for schar, it's more kadai. And for Abbas Hashem, it's more kadai. So the emotional pain, getting back to over here. Uh, our job is to work under positive pressure and get things done and always raise the bar and to make sure you're not putting pressure on anybody else through your not-so-sophisticated Our job is to perfect our and to make sure that we're making people feel good and feel special and feel chashuv and encourage them and help them along. That's the sum total of our which is part of our Vedas Hashem. When you insult somebody and you joke at somebody else's expense, it's a tremendous Avera, and it can be very painful. It can be more painful than hitting him. And that's why the next step, Chazal, is going to show you, Chazal take a very, very critical and uh, scathing view of a person who thinks, ah, it's only words, it's only a joke, what difference does it make? Let's see it again. Second paragraph, on a person who davens shouldn't do that. You should forgive people. Every night before you say Kriyash Malamita, the whole paragraph and how you're forgiving everybody, you don't necessarily have to say the whole thing. Kriyash has many pages. If you find you're saying nothing because it's too long, pick out the main parts. I never tell anybody to skip anything. But Kriyash Malamita, a lot has been added to me, and it's fine. If you have time to say everything, all the Kapitluch and all the Pesukim, it's wonderful. At least say Kriyash Malamita, the first couple lines, how you forgive people. The Pesukim, you say a few times, say three times, say it one time, but say something. It's very important for Shmira of the Neshama, very important to go to sleep, not being angry at people. So the first few lines say, Wemeichel everybody. It also says, Yemeichel everybody, Begilgolzel, Begilgolacha. That, you know, if you don't have time for it, it's good to be Meichel in every Gilgol. But uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of Kabbalah in there, which is beautiful, but. I've bumped into more than one person over the years who were already in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s who haven't said Kresh Malamitra Amapo for the longest time. Usually the first excuse is, I might talk afterwards. Because they made a gzera. I might talk, and therefore I don't say the whole thing. It's a real chiv, it's a bracha, and it's got to be a chiv, otherwise you couldn't make a bracha. You can't volunteer a bracha. So it's a real chiv. And then defense number two is it's very long. So then I um, show them what the ikr parts are. So keep that in mind. But Haladavra, who the first thing we start off with is, I forgive everybody who chepherded me. Why mechetesi somebody chepherded you today? The answer is, Anaz Devarim is rampant. Because people think it's not so bad, because it was only a joke. And can't you take a joke? 
That's the, that's the problem here. And if a person, Rahmal Islam, davens and cries out in pain, that could be dangerous to the person doing it. And people are initial this, they don't know that it's also, they don't know what it is, they don't know how severe it is. See, he's going to help us out. He says, the general rule is, If you said something that wasn't necessary and he's hurt, that's already a problem. As I mentioned yesterday, people say, ah, why is he so sensitive? It's not your job to judge how sensitive he is. Your job is to keep quiet. You have nothing positive to say. Don't say it. And uh, it's not your business. He is sensitive. He's not sensitive. And if the shoe's on the other foot and you're the butt of the jokes, you might find out that you're very sensitive also. Uh, it's important to tell children and it's important to tell adults. There are people who uh, think they're comedians and they um, say all sorts of funny things and usually... Half the jokes are usser for many reasons in the Gilead Rice department. The other half are usser because somebody else is the butt of the jokes. And it involves Lashon Hara, Metzi Shemra, and Avak Lashon Hara, and Anaz Dvarim. Have Anaz Dvarim, Gdei Leida, Beza Dvarim, Estar, Haveri, Akayim, Tamed, Maimur, Rabbi Sani, Zachan, Levacha, Sha'amu, Da'alach, Sani, Lachavach, Lachavit. If you wouldn't like it, you shouldn't do it to him. And most people in their defense say, No, I don't mind. He can make whatever jokes he wants until he makes the jokes. And then they say, Well, that one wasn't funny. So there are people who do this, sit around when they have nothing to do. I, I don't know where and when they would be sitting around with nothing to do, even if they finished Shas already. They could start again. But the people sit around and they just make fun of each other. It's a bizarre thing. Kama vakama, seriously, serum, even without the Lashon Har and the Matzi Shemra, which it always includes. Lashosani Alacha Altasa Alachavirecha. Rabbi Mamarad Zedakam. Apparently, he's been around for a long time. There are people who have nothing to do. That's why the Amaratzim. If somebody has nothing to do, he means he's not learning too much. So he's an Amaratz. There are many people who don't know this din and have nothing to do with their time, so they think. They'll always take an opportunity, as a joke, of course, to make fun of other people, sometimes even people they call their friends. And they think this is funny. It's like a person who, for a joke, is shooting bullets and there happen to be people standing around. But it's only a joke. Why are you getting so nervous? That wasn't even within three inches of you. Yishmael and Yitzchak did this. Yishmael was probably trying to kill him. But he, you know, if you ask him, what are you doing? He said, I'm just practicing my archery. Can't you take it? What are you so nervous about? So this is, unfortunately, in America, in the modern world, this is, he was not in America it's a couple hundred years ago, it was still going on. But now it's a whole industry. That says, what's the matter? You, you don't have a sense of humor? So the answer is, uh, if you want to make a joke and you want to say something funny and you need to start off the shear with a joke, you've got to find something that's clean, kosher, and not at somebody else's expense. I've told that to people and they say, there's nothing left. I said, so there's no chiv to make a joke. If you can't find something that's kosher, and it carries with it severe consequences. People are sensitive. You can tell them from the next year why you're so sensitive. It's not your business. Sometimes 
says, uh, he's too sensitive. I have a right to say this. It's a free country. And he imagines, he likes to imagine, to find for himself, he says, he can't be bizarre. He's just overly sensitive or he's trying to make me feel bad. He couldn't be bizarre. It was just a joke and everybody knows that. Haraya, all the other friends sitting around are laughing. Obviously, they got the joke. And often... Kids do this all the time. It's not just kids. And if you don't grow up, often he brings the rias. Obviously, he's being too sensitive because even he's laughing. Was that a raya? Well, if you ever had the butt of a joke, of course not a raya. He's laughing because he doesn't want to look like a nerd. It does not. So if everybody's laughing, he's laughing along because you got to be one of the guys. But all this is bandied around as an excuse, and it's a very, very serious Indian. If you have any Suffolk Kolduhu that he might not enjoy the joke, when in doubt, leave it out, as all the authors say. And if you have to leave out everything, uh, find something else to do. And uh, tell jokes about some Russia who needs to be ridiculed. Perm's coming, you talk about Haman. There are many things you could discuss. Okay, we'll continue Mitzvah Shem next week. Thank you. Remember, Gifter used to celebrate April.